Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Mind Your Marketing. Today, joining me is Branka Ballet. She is the VP of Marketing at Glide. This is a fun conversation. We lean into the topic of focus. How do you focus on tasks? How do you focus on priorities in a time when there is the most distraction ever? So we get into some systems that she uses, how she built her team, how they focus in on certain channels and how they are growing over at Glide. I enjoyed this conversation. If you are in uh, B2B or if you're in SaaS, I think you're gonna like this. All right, sit back, relax, enjoy this episode. Hey, Marco, what's going on? I'm good. How are you? I am doing well. Welcome to the show. So I want to get into today. I know we talked a little bit off air about focus. It's important, especially in a startup, keeping that really head on and eyes on target. But before we get into it, let's lay the foundation, give the listeners a little bit of context. What has your journey been to date, you know, before you got to your current position at VP of Marketing at Glide? Yes. So hi, everyone. I am Branca. I'm originally from Brazil, a mechanical engineer by background. So not what you would expect for a marketer. So I started my career in consulting, private equity, and I lived in San Francisco for a really long time and fell into tech. I think it was inevitable that I was going to get there. So I had a lot of work actually in my previous jobs in the go-to-market functions like sales and marketing. And then when I joined this uh, tech startup, I started in like sales strategy and operations and I did everything but selling. So territories and strategy and quotas and spiffs and everything you can possibly imagine, like scaling the sales team. And it was really fun. And then eventually I moved over to marketing on the growth marketing side. And as an engineer, numbers have always been something like that I'm really passionate about. And as a person, I've always enjoyed like really understanding like people and what they care about. And I felt like growth marketing was this really nice place where you could try to use your hypotheses about people and numbers and kind of like see these numbers like play, right? So you could enter a channel, optimize a channel, optimize your messaging, you know, send this type of email subject lines. And that kind of like got really exciting for me. And so that was probably eight years ago that I started that job and has stayed in the sales and marketing uh, thing ever since. Just before Glide, I was at GoDaddy launching a sub brand called GoDaddy Pro for web designers and developers. And that was my introduction to other other aspects of marketing, like brand marketing, content, community. And that was like a really exciting journey to, to be there and be able to stand that up, you know, for about four years. And then last year I joined Glide. Uh, so we allow anyone to build software without coding. So it's a very incredible thing to see as coming from like a website building space where we were helping people be successful online by having a website uh, but knowing that you know how the world is evolving like websites are having like a different play right before it used to be the only thing that businesses had online but now with social there are many other aspects of your business that you have to have but everyone needs like tools and applications to run your business and so being able to be part of a company that is enabling people to create those tools without needing a lot of technical knowledge is something that I'm, I'm really excited about and then the type of marketing that you get to do is also very exciting so I think that the common thing in my career has been, it's always been about numbers, but layering that factor of like really understanding what make people tick and how do you kind of like combine these two things to like, you know, get business going. I like it. So with Glide, who is, or what is the, the target market for that? 
It's a great question. We actually, so I'll talk about who we serve and then we'll talk about the target. So we actually serve a pretty wide range of people, all, honestly, all from personal users doing recipe tracking and fitness apps to no-code agencies and freelancers who are building apps for clients to creators who are trying to kind of like just get their new business online. But the really core focus for us are businesses, right? Businesses are always, since the inception, Glide has been built for businesses that just didn't have the enough resources or the right resources to build these internal apps that would allow the business to run better. And so we call them this segment internally called growing businesses. And so these are these businesses that need something to manage their inventory, manage their customers, manage their work orders. Like, so all this wide range of use cases. And so that's who we really, really target, like these growing businesses. And with that, right? You, there's a, a lot of people out there, a lot of growing businesses. Yeah. What channels have you all... You're in a startup. So I guess let's help paint the picture here first. Let's go start yeah. a little different. How many marketers are on the marketing team, I guess? People are going to be shocked. Uh, we are 10 marketers on the team, which is a fantastic team for a startup of our size. So I'm very lucky. That's awesome. So with that, where are you all deploying the resources internally with regards to channels? Yeah. So it's shockingly to some people, actually community is something that is really important to Glide. So for example, we do have a person dedicated to a community. Glide since its inception really believed in the power of the community. And so we do invest in that not only as a customer acquisition, but really as like an engagement tool and advocacy tool. So I do have someone focused on community. I also have someone focused on this segment of experts who are these agencies and no-code freelancers. So I have someone fully dedicated to that. I have a more traditional marketing roles like product marketing, growth marketing, and growth marketing is working on like life cycle marketing and some other channels and content marketing, like most people have, including social. I also lead education for Glide. So all of our documentation and our learning management system all under this. And then we also have an amazing internal agency called Glide Studio. We branded that. And so we have an incredible designer, a front end developer, and also a video producer. So I'm very lucky to have this full-fledged team to be able to kind of like go to market with. Yeah, touch a lot of different channels and really kind of bring together that collaborative effort. And anyone who goes to their website, Glide Apps, I was actually just saying to my fiance before, I was like, this might be the nicest website I've seen. Thank you. Our designer is going to love hearing that, but he does hear that very often. Yeah, it's beautiful. Very seamless and intuitive. So I, I give kudos there. Now, you come from GoDaddy, right? You come from a lack of a better term, a tech behemoth, right? Everybody knows GoDaddy, been around forever. Yes. There's got a million systems in place they have. There's the good that comes with what we'll call corporate you know, America, and there's the bad, right? How do you now, as a marketing leader in a startup, balance both, okay, I have to build our operating procedure for as we grow to be bigger, to be three, four times the size maybe, but also we have to act today to move the needle to get people in and use that. So really balancing that chaos maybe, how do you spend your time you know, between let's call system design and just maybe putting out fires? Yeah, that's a great question. And I will say that I actually think I didn't get it right the first time I got to Glide. So Glide is actually the smallest company, early st earlier stage startup that I've worked for. And so I think I came with a lot of experience and a lot of these rituals that I had in other companies. And I try to put them in place at Glide initially, and it just didn't work. 
right? I had this thing of like, we're going to work on sprints. We're going to work on this very set uh, cadence of like projects, et cetera. And there's just like, it wasn't gelling. And so I think that, and Glide did have like a quarterly planning process already before me. And kind of like what we did is we, we started like aligning more and more. Every quarter, we're getting much better at this to the point that like, honestly, I think this quarter we have almost nailed it. But like now we have this pretty cohesive and super fast planning of like product priorities and go-to-market initiatives that we're going to do in a quarter. And then that creates like our really big priorities that we want to go and be aligned. And one of the things that we learned as a company is when product was trying to do something here and sales was trying to do something here and marketing something there, we felt like we didn't make a lot of progress. And what we saw in the last few quarters is every time we decided to focus on either one segment or one aspect, we got so much more done. And so I think that's why one of the things that for me to talk about focus. And then the the thing that comes with focus is when you actually have that focus very clear, it actually makes it easier for you to then put the systems and the processes in place to support you in that focus. I think that when you try to put the systems and processes, when the focus is not clear, everything feels chaotic and bureaucratic. Now, when it comes to making the focus clear, how do you go about that? Is that just having like a champion KPI or is there a different way that you approach it? Yeah, I think it's, uh, we look a lot at like our data, how, how the business is doing, all of these different indicators that we look and, and we kind of look and we're like, what is it that we're truly trying to do? Is it revenue? Is it focusing on a specific persona? Is it focusing on a specific thing around like retention? Glide actually has the best NPS I've ever seen to the point that when I joined the company, I thought it was a lie, but I remeasured in multiple different ways and it's really high. So we know that the people that use our product love it. So we're kind of like really in this area of like, how can we keep making this product better? So it gets used by in a more ingrained way by these like very critical business apps, but also how do we get the right people to start really hearing about Glide? And so we, we use a lot of data and customer feedback to really determine the area of focus that we're going to have. I like the use of big data. Are you also doing like customer survey or outreach to customers? I know you have the person who's dedicated to talk to the experts. How do you balance that? Maybe using the data, but also the, you know, the customer stories you may hear. A lot. I'm addicted to customer research, like really addicted. So I do all sorts of customer research, me, myself and my team in many different ways. So if anyone ever wants to talk about customer research, please talk to me. So I do individual customer interviews. We do a bunch of surveys to our audience. We actually are now sending these uh, quick videos with like little questions and we're asking people to answer. That way we don't have to go through like an entire interview when we have something very specific. We do surveys in product. We do a lot of survey. And I highly recommend it for any marketer. If you're kind of like in this area and like you don't know who your ICP is or exactly what they care about, like just go to your customers and they will tell you um, like who they are, what they want from you, why they're using you versus someone else. And all these nuggets are there. You just need to go take it. And in true honesty, it's way easier than you think it is. And the final tip that I'll give, it's very tactical, is giving like $20 gift cards. Sometimes if you can afford $50 gift cards for people to take a survey or do something, goes like a really long way to increase these response rates. And you get amazing insights in a matter of like a week or two. It's amazing what people will do for a Starbucks gift card. Like I run that test myself. We did two tests. We did one, which is, this may be sad, but we did one, which was, we'll donate to any charity you pick and nobody responded. And then we did another one that said, we'll give you a $20 Starbucks card. And we had like 
an insane response rate. And I was like, oh, well, now we know. Yeah. You know, we'll do survey for coffee. You know, you got this team, you got these multiple channels. Is the team all remote? Yes, we're all remote distributed. Yeah. So how are you measuring focus? And what I mean by that, is it just output? Is it, hey, you got to get this stuff done by this deadline? Or are there tools or things you're using to help the team? Like maybe somebody comes in who is maybe needs a little more structure, you know, to stay on task or what have you. Like, how are you helping the team focus? Yeah. So it's a great question. And what, what it all starts from the top. I think focus is very hard to start from the middle of something chaotic. So it starts from that quarterly planning that I mentioned. And so when we define what is going to be the one, the core KPI that the marketing team is going to go after, we then look across all the team and we say, what is each one of these areas going to do to impact this KPI? Kind of like how we're going to launch products that will support that. How are we going to go to market with and test new channels or improve the channels we're already in to do that? How we're going to make sure that community is engaging with the growth marketing things that we're doing to support that. So it starts with this list of projects. And I'm a really big believer in the power of three. So I'm now giving my team every quarter, they can only have three priorities. So each person can only come to me and say three. And if they say I have five, I'm like, no, go back. You can only have three. because that will allow them to like really focus. And so I'm like, look, it's okay for you to have sub priorities, but you know, that, that clear focus for you to come back and say like this quarter, we started this event series and we tested this type of community challenge, or we did this in life cycle marketing. I think it's something very powerful for you to look back at that big priority and say, I did this. And so it starts from the top. And then we obviously have project management systems and deadlines and planning to make sure that like we, we stay on track. But the thing that we often do is start, stop, continue exercises. I actually did one yesterday with my team. Because when, you, when you're going and operating, sometimes it just, all these ideas come to life and you have to say no. And sometimes like something that felt like a priority is no longer one. So you have to always recalibrate on that. So I highly recommend start, stop, continue. Okay. I like that. I love that idea too of having a couple priorities for myself. I have my KPIs, which are uh, amount of meaningful content pieces created and amount of meaningful conversations had, because nice. I know that if I can have not just five minute high by, like I always felt in networking events and stuff like those were so just yeah. bleh. But if you ever talk to somebody for like an hour and you're like, I rock with this person, yes. you know, and then you're like, now I want to go to bat for them. And just trying to create as many of those moments as possible. So I I like that a lot to think about, you know, in our businesses and listeners and in our departments to go, when you say no to other things and when we really put the blinders on, it can allow us to excel, you know, at those couple priorities because we talked about it a little bit off air, but we are, focus seems so simple, but I don't think there have ever been this level of distractions in the existence of like humankind, you know? Um, So you have all these things fighting for your attention and my phone, I'm like in a constant battle where I'm deleting social media apps and then re-downloading them like a week later because I'm addicted. So it's like being able to actually set up some systems that allow for focus. So for instance, when I'm working, I try to put my phone in the other room because I, I know if it's here, I'm inviting distraction the same way that if I have a chocolate cake in the fridge, I'm going to eat it. I'm inviting calories into my life. Yes. And I have to think about the ways that. So this is kind of primes my next question, which is how do you differentiate between signal and noise when it comes to 
maybe new things or, you know, a channel that maybe wasn't explored before or something like that. Is there something that you rely on to kind of see, okay, hey, we should actually start paying attention to TikTok, for instance, would be like a great example. I was a hater on TikTok two years ago. And now I'm like, if you're a brand, you should probably be there. Yeah, it's a really good question. I don't think I have like the perfect answer. I think that the thing that I've been trying to use is, for example, we're not active on TikTok, right? And obviously everyone says we should be active on TikTok, but I'm like, there are other things that I want to do first, right? So for example, I am a really big believer that we should probably develop our team to become social media advocates and be more on social talking, both about the success they're seeing with our customers, but also the things that they are great at to kind of like share more of that knowledge. And right now I want to do that first, right? And having that thing of like, everyone say you need to be there and you're not there yet. It creates like this crazy amount of FOMO that often I, I doubt myself. I'm like, am I making the right bet? Right. It's a very tough thing to do, but I'm a really big believer in like customer research and understanding your audience and understanding where your audience is. And if my audience is not saying they're spending tons of time on TikTok, which I know some people don't say they do, but they actually end up doing it. But if my research is not saying that my audience is there and it's not something that is natural or my team has a strong kind of like capability in, then I think it's a harder thing to do. For example, my team has amazing capability in video. So I'm doubling down on YouTube. And I know my audience is on YouTube. So that makes sense to my brand and my team, but it doesn't make sense necessarily to the next company. So I think finding those intersections of like the opportunity and where you can excel are really powerful. Yeah. Where you can excel, where you have the resources to execute on. And like you're saying, where your customers are, right? And that is for anyone listening to, I would say there's a couple things. One, YouTube has the highest sentiment across all age groups, positive sentiments. 96% of people see it as a positive platform. Also, I will, the one little caveat on my TikTok, I like TikTok and I think TikTok sets the culture for like YouTube and Instagram are about a month behind on what happens there. So it's a great place to see what's going on. But TikTok could get banned at any point. So I don't know if I want to, you know, build on a foundation. It could be a house of cards, right? So there's a little bit of that. And lastly, I wanted to add a little employee advocacy tip for the listener, something that's worked for us. And it's so basic. We used to go through and be like, "Ah, everybody, come on, like post more and get into it and please. And nobody did it. And then I just started going, I'll pay you $25 every time you post. Lo and behold, and I say we had a cap, but I lo and behold, everyone's activity went through the roof. Awesome. It's, It's a bonus on your paycheck. Just I don't care what you say, you need to post on LinkedIn and it get, just make it business what you've learned, blah, blah, blah. And that was, it's so funny. Like it's just sometimes just like cash. Okay. <laughs> like You're kind of like twisting and turning, figuring out all these cool things, the training and you're like cash. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 25 bucks. Okay, cool. Done. Yeah. yeah amazing. Branka, before I let you go, let people know where they can uh, connect with you online and then to learn about Glide. Awesome. Please connect with me on LinkedIn, Bronca Ballot. I probably can respond there very fast, probably faster than email. And find us at glideapps.com. Amazing. And I'll put links to both those in the show notes. Bronca, thanks so much for coming on today. Thank you for having me. All right, everybody, that's it for this episode. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Shelton. This is the Mind Your Marketing Podcast, and I will catch you next time. Mm-hmm.